Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout college and the NFL for all you Debbie League, Campus to Canton, and Dynasty fantasy football managers. We're just three friends who spent all our time talking fantasy anyway, so we figured why not get a few mics and capture our conversations. My name's Rick, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Josh Pecoraro and Jacob Ellis, a.k.a. Jealous. Welcome back to the show. Today we're covering... Risers, fallers, overvalued players, and undervalued players. But before we dive into that, let's just check in with the boys here. We just got back from a week-long vacation where we were uh, doing a lot of drinking and golfing. How are you boys feeling? Well-rested, you know. I uh, had the whole weekend to rest up and uh, get the liver detoxed. So back at it today, drinking more beer, ready to talk some football. Absolutely. What you drinking? Uh, still rocking the old uh, Costco Goose Island pack. I've hey. had uh, 24 of those bad boys. You guys came and helped me uh, drink some of those the night before we headed up for the golf trip. But that, yes, that, that, three, that 412, so strong. 312? 312? 312, is that what the, is that the wheat? Yep, that would be well, the that's, area that's, code that's, of where that yeah, comes okay. from. Okay, <laughs> well, 312, yep. very strong. Yep, so I had uh, three soldiers left, so I'm rocking an IPA right now, and I got a uh, 312 in the, the chamber ready to go when that one's done. So that a baby. It should right. be a fun night. Uh, fun fact, 412 is the area code for uh, Pittsburgh, which is one of my Maybe favorite places in the country. Maybe that's what I was thinking about, just making sure you got your Pittsburgh fantasy in yeah. here. Yeah. I'm sure that's what that you're thinking. Be Joe, what are you, what are you drinking? On I here? am sipping on what actually... Josh introduced me to a truly strawberry tea. It is very delicious. I am very happy about that introduction. However, after that long week of golf, Monday through Friday, I then had a wedding on Saturday. I am still recovering. If you guys hear any sort of raspiness in my voice, it's it's still kind of in recovery mode, so just... Just want to make that, you know, give that disclaimer out there. I feel you there. My voice took a little bit to come back to me, too. Is that because was... you guys were yelling for the beer cart? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that's probably how I lost it <laughs> on Thursday. I spent all day Friday trying to recover. Didn't really happen. Uh, and then, and then yeah, that wedding Saturday, we started, uh, you know, we had, we had our party bus that started around 2 p.m., and then the partying, drinking, dancing, screaming did not end until after two a.m. <laughs> so it was a solid. It was it was a you know strong rally, solid twelve hour rally of solid getting, uh, week. You know, there. getting back to it. It was it was the one of the best weeks of my life. I I'm not gonna lie. Awesome. I'm not nice. gonna lie about that. Hell yeah. Well, and now we can. Uh, ramp up to football season here we only got a couple months until you know things really kick into gear camp gets going and and uh preseason games are rolling through uh so what are you, you drinking know, rick? Us... yeah ricky oh ricky. yeah yeah that's uh yeah great uh i'm drinking a uh michelob ultra out of a uh, aluminum pint because that is what i planned on bringing to the golf course to save myself money from the beer carts and then i forgot them at home so Classic. now i have to drink i them brought so i alone. brought i had probably i had a full 15 packs worth of a mixture of coors and seltzers and millers that we had brought for the same intention plus i ended up leaving that 
almost that full 30 of bush that we had planned on using for beer darts. That's You left it in the hotel room? I had in the hotel room. Could not. Oh, that's I, sad. I did not have an extra check bag for the bush. No bush left no behind. Bush left Come on. I, I normally... You could have paid to have him come back. <laughs> <laughs> normally I would. Hopefully that suffices as a tip for the uh, you know, yeah for yeah. The clean, you just for the gifted some. Crew. You gifted some sixteen-year-old. Uh, and they're gonna love it. Case of bush that they should turn in. I just want to clarify for legal purposes they need to turn that into the hotel. If they were, you and I always turn those in at the uh, golf course we worked at. Always, of course, yeah. always yeah. turn always. those in. You guys are yeah. definitely the most responsible <laughs> duo that that I know out there. So of course, you guys absolutely, yeah, uh, of yeah. course, especially on golf yep. courses. <laughs> All right, fantasy football time. Let's start with risers and fallers, specifically risers. At this time of year, the the main things that can cause a player to be rising or falling are uh, mini camp reports, injuries on the team. Uh, coach speak all these things that are you know useful in in bits but you you have to take it with a grain of salt but we're going to do our best to uh glean some glean some information out of all that's happened in the last couple months here and identify what players are on the way up or down for fantasy purposes uh so starting with uh risers let's let's jump over to you josh who do you want to bring up as a player who is rising lately I mean, I feel like we have to start off with the show here talking about Kyle Pitts. I mean, with Julio Jones getting traded over to Tennessee, I mean, that just opened up the floodgates for Pitts just to have a monster season this year. You can also throw Russell Gage in there as maybe a flyer, too, that has yep. a little bit of a increase as well. But, man, I mean, it, Kyle Pitts, if you have him or have an opportunity to draft him, you got to be licking your lips there. I mean, with that potent offense, Matt Ryan hasn't shown any signs of stopping yet, so – I expect to have a huge, huge rookie season from Kyle Pitts this year. Yeah, man, I'm licking my pits. <laughs> God. <laughs> That's keep, what you said, keep right? Keep it dirty. <laughs> I, I actually have – so I did not have Kyle Pitts on my list of risers. I feel like he's already high enough on, on a lot of people's lists. However, I did have somebody that, that Josh just mentioned. I do have Russell Gage on that list. He's right now being drafted as the number 72 wide receiver. I don't, I mean, he's going to be that number two wide receiver in ATL. Right, you know, he's going to be right there with with Calvin every single play. And the other thing with Gage, they can throw him out wide. They can throw him in the slots. He can, you know, he can throw passes. He's going to be all over the place. So Russell Gage was, was definitely one of mine. He's also slotted as that number 184 overall from the ADP that that we're going off of. And if you can get him way, way earlier than that, please hop on that because he's got got a lot to offer. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. You guys uh, picked a good team for risers with the trade of Julio Jones. I think that Russell Cage is the, the biggest beneficiary beneficiary of that just because his role with Julio there is pretty limited but without Julio as the wide receiver too suddenly he's he's kind of a big deal and of course Pitts will probably be the number two target in that offense which is you know licking my pits over that as a dynasty owner of Kyle Pitts (laughs) the other thing I mean Gage did have a few games last year where he was a legit contributor so and that's with that was with Julio on the field so, right. you know, I, I there's a reason that they felt comfortable 
getting rid of Julio, obviously, obviously the addition of Pitts, and obviously Julio's contract situation, and they had to get under that cap number. Those probably were the two main factors why they were okay with letting him go, but still, they were okay with Russell Gage being that second wideout on a on a you know play by play basis. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I want to jump into mine here. My my uh, riser I'm thinking of is Elijah Moore. Uh, this is definitely stemming from camp reports so far. Uh, everything coming out of Jets camp, which I know it's Jets camp, but this is it's kind Jets of a new camp. Jets team. It is. It's new. This is a, this is a new it's Jets new team though. We have new new head coach, new quarterback, new you know entire offense. Uh, and uh, what's happening so far in Jets camp is that Zach Wilson is constantly finding Elijah Moore in the red zone. It doesn't seem like they have any DBs who can stop him. That doesn't mean that there aren't DBs who can it's stop Jets him because this is still the Jets. But the the point here is that Zach Wilson feels very comfortable uh, trusting Elijah Moore around the red zone and just all over the field. Sounds like he's kind of been hyper-targeted throughout camp so far. Uh, and in that Jets wide receiver core where you have kind of these these four guys who are all you know potential starters with Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, and Elijah Moore, the the early reports of who's doing well does mean a little more than it should for for other teams because this wide receiver core is kind of all over the place and whoever performs in camp and in preseason is going to be who starts on the field week one so I, i'm starting to have more and more faith that elijah moore will have a prominent role early in the season i agree with you completely i i, I mean i think i think elijah moore is probably the most talented player in that wide receiver room Corey davis he's fine they did pay him a lot of money so he's gonna be he's gonna have to he'll be on the field basically serve as that wide receiver one but i don't think anybody thinks that he's the most talented receiver in that room denzel mims he's you know i mean out out of college out of osu i thought he was gonna be a stud last year isn't he a isn't he a baylor guy Thought he was Ohio State. Josh, way in here. Denzel Mims, Baylor, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Baylor. Well, screw me then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Will do. All right. Maybe later. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I th- I think that he, but I do think that Elijah Moore. I mean, he's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the ball skills. I, he, you know, he he probably will show out in camp where I question where he will show out. I mean, he just doesn't have the experience that Corey Davis does. But, right again, risers, this is the right, you know, this is the right platform to put him in as, you know, as one of the risers out there. Yeah, 100% agree. Absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Jets camp evolve. It sounds like Zach Wilson's having a good time, too. Uh, he's picking things up pretty quick, which is exciting, given all the question marks around him. And his uh, mom. Did you guys have... And, and is it <laughs> Jill, do you have a comment for his mother? Oh no, I pretty much that's 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 all right. That's all right. I'll I'll, I'll okay. I, you know, I don't kiss and tell, so I save it for the DMs. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. A lot of judgment on that uh kiss and tell there. Hey-o. Um do you <laughs> do you guys have uh other risers you wanna bring up right now? Or otherwise we got the uh undervalued section later, which is, you know, sort of similar, sort of not. Uh, take it or leave it. What do you There's think? One, I've got. Okay, go ahead, Joe. Wanna, okay. There's one guy that I can't believe 
that I am seeing him as being underdrafted right now is Saquon. He's coming in as the fifth running back and the fifth overall pick. That's behind Derrick Henry, who, and especially if we're talking PPR leagues, not really going to contribute in terms of PPR. And if we're talking Camara, we don't know what that QB situation is going to be. Saquon, obviously he's coming off that ACL, but he's that number one weapon for the Giants. I don't know how he's falling to number five because he was the consensus at least top two pick last year. Not everybody comes off an ACL super strong, but he's young enough. I think he's going to come back. Those quads are going to power through that knee. And I think he's going to be a boss. I, I can't believe he's coming in at, as that number five RB. I, I I don't understand. Can you guys try to help me figure out why? I, I can give you one reason. This, isn't, uh, this doesn't totally explain it, but there are a lot of people over the last two years that have been completely burned by owning Saquon. They have... Their entire season has been lost because mine, they drafted my Saquon. My entire early. season was last year. Right. And that's that's uh, those people, and it sounds like you're an oddball here. Those people have such a bad taste in their mouth from that experience that they would rather take the safety of a guy like Derrick Henry, who shows up week in and week out and dominates, rather than a guy who has not been able to play a lot of games in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think I, that's one reason. Yeah, and I think a lot of people too remember two years ago his playoff stretch that won a lot of people championships as well. But the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, he. He was just kind of standard along the way. Like, yeah, you weren't upset having him on your team, but he wasn't the number two overall pick that you thought he would be as well. I mean, he, you're, Part you, of that you know is for it. a fact that's going to be steady Eddie, you know, this and t- I would think when he's on the field, you know you're probably going to be in for probably between 90 and 140 yards rushing and probably – up to 40 yards passing and probably at least a few catches out of the backfield. I think that that's that's way that's that's absolutely worth a top 3 pick. I mean, what you just described is an enormous full-length season if he did that every game. But I think that won't that's, that's what I'm saying. Game. I mean, I think that you're probably that's you're probably going to get something close to that probably on a week in week out basis. That's still the New York Giants we're talking about here. Their offense has to be good enough to keep him on the field, and they have not been good at that in the last three years. No. I also, I okay. So let me throw this at you. You've got all these additional sure. targets now. You're gonna have. I mean, the idea behind it is you're gonna have more red zone targets, more time, or at least more red zone opportunities for him to bust it in from the six. You know, from you know six yards out into the end zone. I hope it happens. We're still banking all of this on the shoulders of Daniel Jones, that's, which I don't feel very comfortable fair. with. <laughs> that's pretty fair. And, you know, I guess, I, I guess if Daniel though. Jones is going to be running a freaking, like, 5-3-40 like he did in that one game last year in, in right. prime time, then he's that's just going to take Saquon out of the game entirely if he's just going to keep doing that. So, I don't know. I, I just feel like he should be – I rank him higher than Kamara. I rank him higher than – Derrick Henry. Okay. I see you. Josh, any other thoughts to add there? Um, No, not on Saquon. I'm good. All right. Any other risers from you guys? 
Um, the only one I wanted to touch base on is there's been a ton of news out of Denver's camp on Javante Williams as well. Um, Melvin Gordon hasn't been showing up for the OTAs, and Williams has looked great. So that's a team that is built on their defense, start playing in cold weather. They're going to want to be pounding the ball. And if Williams is looking good during training camp, OTAs, I think you're going to see him on the field a lot quicker than we originally anticipated. And Melvin might just be kind of kicked to the curb. He's uh, only got one year left on his contract. So, I mean, he may even be somebody that they could end up cutting if they really wanted to and felt confident rolling with Williams. I had I actually had Melvin on my list of fallers. Look, <laughs> I, I Just seeing his ADP... I was like, F no, he does not deserve to have this spot right now because Javante is coming for that spot. So I'm glad that you touched on him because I was about to just just basically say the exact same thing. I'm all <laughs> I think the the Broncos are all in on Javante and it's I mean, they haven't really been happy with Melvin at all. No. So Javante taking that spot over like you said i would not be surprised if he got cut i don't know what his contract looks like i don't know what that guaranteed money looks like but i would not be shocked if he ended up getting cut if there wasn't too much money on the line yeah, when you have teddy and drew lock there as your quarterback you're gonna be wanting to run the ball as much as you possibly can too what do you you say you saying those guys can't lead a franchise to a super bowl <laughs> <laughs> I think Teddy could do it with an outstanding defense. That's neither here nor there. No, uh, he still couldn't. If, he absolutely uh, still could not. Yeah, it, like we said back in the uh, Rookie RBs episode, Javante Williams is hyper-talented. This guy's going to be awesome. All he needs is the opportunity, and Melvin Gordon is handing him that opportunity right now. So uh, we'll, we'll see how things shake out in the months to come, but uh, yeah, totally the agree. The other thing with, with, with going, for just sure. one last thing I need to touch on with Melvin, he did just... Is he still dealing with anything with that DUI, that DWI? Everything got dropped. Did it? Everything got dropped. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, that's good. Somehow. I guess that's what happens when you got that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess buy your way out. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into fallers then. Uh, I'll go first on this one, and you guys are just going to love that I am bringing up this guy as a faller. Oh, uh, I, as much as I love this player... He is he is falling in my heart a little bit. That's Irv Smith. Your boy. Uh, my yeah. Your boy. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, the, there's a couple of problems happening right now for Irv that I don't love and make me scared for the uh, upcoming season. And first and foremost, it's that last week Mike Zimmer came out and said that he does not see Irv's role increasing at all, <laughs> and what he really sees is Tyler Conklin walking into the Kyle Rudolph role that was vacated by Kyle Rudolph leaving town, which is so fucking dumb. But besides the fact that I would like to see Irv on the field for every snap, the reality of the situation is that if his role stays the same as it was, he'll have some streamable games like he did last year where he's a serviceable tight end. He gets the job done sometimes. Other times he'll be a huge disappointment, and he's not really going to have boom games unless it's like, four catches for three touchdowns from five yards out every time, which I think uh, something close to that happened a couple times. Yeah, he he can do that, which will make him a streaming candidate all the time. It's just that he's going to be disappointing as much or more often than he will be uh, someone you can rely on, which makes me very sad. You'll be frustrated, too, because the games that he'll go off are the ones that he'll be sitting on your bench. 
Now, are yep, do they, that's exactly do right. Do they want to throw uh, Conklin in there because is he? I mean, Irv Smith obviously has to be the better receiving target. Is Conklin just the better blocking target? Thinking they're going to run the ball with Delvin hardcore. I mean, we know Zimmer's offense; it's going to be run heavy. Right. I, I think the, the knock on Smith has always been the, the blocking, and that's where in a Mike Zimmer offense, he really cares a lot about that because he wants Delvin to touch the ball 100 times a game. As he should, so that's, by the way. Right, yeah. which is fair. Uh, but uh, that, that offense has a lot of different weapons, and I wish that they would use them all a little bit rather than throw everything at Delvin and... Justin Jefferson and let the other guys kind of fall off the rails a little bit. I mean, they still do spread that ball around quite a bit. Thielen had 14 touchdowns. He had a bunch of touchdowns yeah. last year. Yeah. I mean, big red zone yeah. guy. He's not going to have that again. Not a chance. No, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not banking on that again either. Uh, I think the only Vikings I can rely on now are Jefferson and Cook, and everyone else is questionable at best in in my mind. So uh, odds are I'm I'm falling back to where. Some people had always seen Irv, which is maybe outside the top 12 tight ends or right down towards the bottom of the tight end ones. Well, to keep your trend going of players that we really like and are on our teams (laughs) and uh, we have them as fallers, I'm going to throw out DJ Chark Jr., as one of mine. DJ There's been reports out of camp that Urban Meyer is incredibly disappointed with the way he played last year as far as his size and hands and that he needs to play a lot bigger. And LaVisca Chenault has been looking really good in OTAs. And they also signed Marvin Jones Jr. to come in and play. So DJ Chark is somebody that he could end up not having a role. There was a rumor during the NFL draft that he had been traded to the Ravens but that was just hearsay that never ended up going through but it just makes me wonder what his role is going to look like especially with Chenault is kind of like a gadget player as well where he can run and do jet sweeps out of the backfield he's also great deep threat but I yeah DJ Chark has fallen and it sucks because I have him in multiple leagues and <laughs> yeah I, I, I play him wrong so we we obviously all heard about etn and him taking snaps as a wide receiver at least early on in camp now now lately it's been all at running back but still they obviously wanted to see what he could do as a receiver i could see that also taking away potentially targets for chark the other thing i did want to say you just mentioned marvin jones marvin jones was incredibly strong for the lions last year especially in the red zone i could see him being i mean honestly i would not be shocked if marvin jones ended up being that that top receiver at least right right away with with trevor lawrence sure yep and it's hard to with urban meyer having a brand new system being brought in Trevor Lawrence coming in, you don't know where those targets are going to be spread around to either. So that also could be a reason for the decline as well. But Yeah. Yeah, not to uh, throw salt in the wound, but, man, do I love LaVisca Chanel. That guy yeah. is Yo, awesome. He's a beast. He can do everything. I have a signed football of his sitting in my apartment. 
Is that actually signed I, by him, or was that or, or is that is that signed like the yeah. uh, the the Chinese the old AJ jersey, no, no, Chinese no. AJ <laughs> that is, jersey? That is that's very in different. my closet. <laughs> <laughs> that's very different than the uh, Chinese uh, blaze orange AJ Green jersey. Uh, this is this is legit off of a pristine auction, not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. Uh, Hashtag we want you yet. to be a sponsor. Yeah, uh, please. Yes, that, that's where I got Hashtag it. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, Lavisca can do it all. I'm pumped about his future. Urban Meyer is going to love him. Um, yeah, uh, he should have been in the risers category too. Um, let's see, Jello, you, you knew you he was one it. of my risers, but we skipped. I was about to say over I mean, that because I, I was going to bring him up during DJ Chark. Oh, so, Charky oh, nice. Chark. I was about to say oh. Chenault can do it all, and you know how Urban does with those types of players, where he Curtis will Samuel. throw it exactly. That's at Ohio State, that's when Curtis Samuel has been at his best, where he was thrown in the running back, in the backfield, out wide, in the slot, on jet sweeps, all that kind of bullshit. So, I, I mean, Chenault can do all that sort of stuff. I could see Urban just using the hell out of him, and and Chenault could be a riser. Boom. Nicely Boom. said. Joe, what you got for a faller for us? So, I, I, I'm i going to try to stay away. You know, I obviously touched on my thoughts on Saquon, and I think that Kamara and Derrick Henry should fall below him. So, I'm not going to do another dive on those two players. I Okay. But, and I also touched on Melvin. However, Kenny Galladay is a guy that I, you know, Giants gave 18 plus mil a year to and I just don't see him as a really really strong wide receiver one he put up most of his numbers with you know throw up balls from Stafford who let's be on a lot of garbage time garbage time and let's be honest Stafford learned how to throw a lot of garbage time balls a lot of throw up touchdowns because he had Calvin Johnson with him. A lot of vomiting touchdowns. <laughs> and he had, so he had Calvin. Daniel Jones has never had any sort of receiver like that at all. I don't see how Galladay and Daniel Jones kind of marry up. Galladay's not the most, I mean, he's there's no way that he's the most talented receiver on that, within that receiving core. He's a good, he's a good, you know, jump ball, red zone kind of player. Has Daniel Jones shown anybody that he can be a good jump ball red zone passer? Not at all. So I'm not in on Kenny Galladay at all. I guess I, the only reason that they signed him was to see can Daniel Jones make this work, but I don't think it's going to. There's also, you still got... Darius Slayton, you still got Sterling Shepard, you still got Evan Ingram. They just signed Kyle Rudolph, and Saquon's coming back. And Kadarius Tony, did you mention him already? And well, I, I don't. I mean, Kadarius Tony's not going to fucking see the field, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I am glad, Ellis, that you brought up Kenny Galladay because he was actually on my list of overrated players for drafting. I can throw some stats your way because I was. Prepared right. to talk about him as well, but right now in both redraft and dynasty leagues, he's being drafted in the fifth round. 
other wide receivers Insane. that I would rather have that are going right around where his ADP are is Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett. I think those guys are all ones that I would rather have over Kenny Galladay and should have more production this year. I mean, Cooper. If 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 you have a choice out there between Cooper Cup and Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup with Matt Stafford, yeah, or Kenny Insane. Galladay, this this don't be an idiot. Take Cooper Cup. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, to- totally agree there. Um, I we'll hear a little more of Galladay's name as we as we continue. Um, but uh, let's let's move on here. Uh, let's jump into the undervalued players, guys that we think just deserve a lot more respect in in the fantasy world than they're getting right now. Uh, Josh, you want to kick this one off for us? Yeah, I can for sure do that. I've got uh, Travis Etienne as one of my underdrafted players right now. As we kind of touched a little bit on him earlier, he's been seeing the field in a lot of different ways, whether that's wide receiver or running back. He's currently being drafted at the 88.7 overall player, which uh, in dynasty-wise that is the 3.07 in other drafts. It's looking at the 7th, 8th round, and I think he's going to end up seeing the field a lot more than James Robinson and progressively take over that role. I know in previous episodes we kind of bashed him a little bit, but I think just for – being able to get some depth in your running back position and his future being a rookie for dynasty purposes, he's somebody that I would look to later in the draft, depending on where he's falling. And right now he's in a, he's in a great spot to draft him. Yeah. I think the versatility is, is everything there. Um, part of why we bashed him is, is his ability to bash into his own O line when he's running <laughs> up the middle. Um, so if Urban Meyer can get him to stop doing that by sending him in different directions, whether that's runs to the outside or pitches or screens or just lining him up as a receiver, that all spells great news for his fantasy value and a little bit for James Robinson. I'm a, I'm a James Robinson truther, so I, I'd like to see him get some carries back. But, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Jell, you got I mean, thoughts I, on that? I would imagine that James Robinson would be kind of more of that traditional back and ETN would be that, you know, kind of the guy that, that plays more wide out, you know, some of those some of those pitches, some of those running back screens, some of those bubble screen, you know, type of plays. So I mean I it's gonna be kinda tricky how this running back room comes how this ends up turning out. But they took ETN in the first round to use him which makes me think etn's gonna be that premier back and robinson will probably fall back into a you know a lesser role my concern though and this is where pretty much all running backs make their money in terms of you know actual money and on the field and in terms of fantasy is how much are they going to use etn in the red zone at the goal line because I could see Robinson being that primary goal line back. That's a good point. I mean, uh, Robinson could end up with, you know, not a ton of yards, but he could still squeeze in 10 touchdowns while ETN could have 50 plus catches on the year and not have that many scores. I, Josh, what do you think there? Yeah. I mean, Robinson definitely could end up being the goal line back, which he could have a lot of production for you. I'm just looking more, just to have a nice piece on the bench. I mean, later in the rounds there, you're looking at 
a lot of guys that might not even have a role or see the role on the field unless somebody gets hurt in front of them and for those that maybe don't go running back heavy at the beginning of it he's somebody that you can snatch up that should see some playing time that you could be able to plug in even in redraft forms at the end of the season where would you okay so so where would you rank him versus robinson I just – you're going to end up paying up right now for Robinson, and I don't know that I would want to do that just because I don't know what his role is going to look like. Yeah, I'll take ETN over that's Robinson. That's kind of where I, I sit with Ricky on that too. Yeah, that's and, right. And I yeah. guess with you, Josh, as well. Yeah, because, no, I'd, I'd much rather have ETN at a later draft capital and use my pick where I would have to take Robinson on somebody that I know is going to get playing time and play the whole season. I, I'm going to throw some names at you guys. You let me know – who you would still take ahead of Travis Etienne out of these guys? These are all right around the same. Is this just going to be like a yes, no? Well, I, I'll just give you the list, and you tell me who you like better. Uh, Kenyon Drake, AJ Dillon, Damian Harris, Leonard Fournette, and Mike Davis. Mike, say, Mike Davis, hard yes. Harris, I, I, I'm big time I like on Mike Harris Davis. Too. I actually had him in one of my risers. Uh, I had him. He's he's at his ADP right now is the thirtieth ranked running back. I think he's gonna end up finishing way higher than that. If you look at that Atlanta running back room, no, there's nobody else that is gonna be stealing carries from him. He doesn't have. There's not at, at least right now. It's not like even when Devonte Freeman and Tevin Coleman were splitting that running back room. Devontae Freeman still put up mad numbers. Mike Davis doesn't even have any sort of competition. So Mike Davis, hard, 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 yes. Yeah, I'd say Davis and Harris. Harris is still scary with New England running back, but he is supposedly going to be their starter, and he should see quite a bit of playing time. But I'd still think I'd rather have ETN just with all the work he's done in the receiving wide receiver game as well. Yeah, so. and, and if we're looking – Dynasty, I would take ETN over all those guys. But um, if we flip it to redraft, I totally agree on Mike Davis. Yeah, okay, um, good, yeah. And probably maybe maybe Harris, too. I, I, I'm i a fan of Ramondre Stevenson, so I'm a little concerned about Damian Harris. I have both of them You're in so Dynasty, hard. so I don't really care who wins. But, uh, <laughs> You're so uh, Yeah, yeah. Mike Davis will be interesting, though. I, he will have all of the groundwork. They did snag rookie Javian Hawkins, who's basically just a wide receiver at the running back position, very fast, so he will take away the passing game work maybe for Mike Davis. But, but Mike that's, Davis isn't that's it. necessarily a passing game back either. He's not. So. No, no, he will he will dominate on the ground, which is exactly what he's supposed to do, and that's going to be good for fantasy because he'll get touchdowns. Um, let's move on. Uh, Jell, what do you got for a undervalued player for us? So I I have to hit up the fan base within wisconsin with a solid alan lazard hey i like it he's he's going there's no chance that he loses out that number two receiver spot to mvs and amari rogers won't he's not going to be he's he's not going to be starting out wide at least amari is a strong slot guy but lazard has proven that when he's healthy really solid outside and i think i think that's his that's his wide receiver number two spot and if mvs wants to try to come for it he's gonna learn how to catch the ball lazard does know how to catch the ball he's physical he's 
I feel like he's exactly the type of receiver that pending Aaron Rodgers actually playing. This is also, by the way, assuming Rodgers is going to play for the Packers. <laughs> this is the perfect... This is a Devontae Adams type of receiver. You know, big, physical, speedy, route runner that Aaron Rodgers likes. Yeah, I... The huge thing is if Rodgers is playing. On my fallers list, I had the entire Packers offense right now because <laughs> if Rodgers isn't there, I don't want anybody on that team. I really don't because I don't trust Jordan Love at all. I don't trust what they would be doing. Rodgers makes that entire team. So that's something to keep in mind with. And I was going to bring it up during fallers if we got to anybody on the Packers as well. So I'm glad you threw Lazard out here, Ellis. But anybody that is drafting right now, that is something to take into consideration when you're deciding between a couple players that you're looking to draft is Rodgers hasn't committed to the team. If he's there, then heck yeah. Lazard, Adams, Jones, fire everybody up. But if he's not, that's going to be a huge question mark what their offense looks like. Yeah, I've I, I agree on both accounts. Obviously, everything is scary without Rodgers. I do think that, that Lazard has all the talent. He's the clear wide receiver, too, going into the season. And if Rodgers is there, then Lazard is going to definitely be a value because a lot of uh, non-Packer fans will be sleeping on the name Alan Lazard because they don't normally see him every Sunday like, like some of us do. So, uh, yeah, a- absolutely. Assuming Rodgers comes back, Lazard is a, a big-time value. Uh, and I don't about, expect uh, his age to change. <laughs> no, Funches he, is no, a no. manimal on the pickup <laughs> was, basketball he was, court. He was asshole. He was just dog shit in Carolina. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not. Gonna, why? I don't even know why the Packers signed him. It was the biggest. It you was take, the biggest. You, no, I don't either. Biggest waste of a roster spot that they could have done. That they could have had. Based on that video from his uh, pickup basketball game, he's a very competitive, fiery guy. Oh, cool. We got a big competitive fire guy just like every single goddamn player in the NFL. Every single damn professional athlete. Wow, sweet. Most of them. Well, yeah. outside Get of... Pump. Yeah, I mean, outside of... A, There's a handful. Yeah. Johnny Manziel. Ben Simmons. I don't know if you guys ben, had yeah, been watching yeah. I, any yeah, NBA, I heard something but about he that. effing... He's not doing anything in terms of trying to improve his free throw shooting. He does... Sorry, NBA tangent... Ben Simmons does everything in his life right-handed, but he chooses to shoot left-handed, and he sucks at shooting, and he is... Why does he just still continue to shoot left-handed? Don't get it. You should probably tweet at him. I'll probably... <laughs> I, I, I probably should. That would probably change his mind, right? Yeah, that would do it. it. Uh, we're going to move yes, on please. off of the NBA I, talk. Yes, uh, <laughs> back to the undervalued players. I've got a couple in mind, but the, the first I want to bring up uh, is Najee Harris. Na- Najee is... Oh, everyone yeah. knows that Najee is awesome, but so far the ADP doesn't reflect that that he's being you know given the respect that I think he deserves here. Um, you know, I When I think of Najee being basically a solo back in Pittsburgh under Mike Tomlin... He's one of a handful of real workhorse running backs in this entire NFL, and he's being drafted like he's part of a committee maybe playing second fiddle to somebody. Uh, right now he's, uh, let's see, RB21 in redraft leagues and uh, pick 72 overall in Dynasty, which puts him, you know, sixth round around there. 
That's just That's crazy. trash. I don't. They, I, I absolutely no. I actually had him so. He was on my initial list of or list of risers as well because I looked at his Good. ADP and I was like, I don't understand yep. this. He's going no, to uh, I... very very and I don't mean to cut you off, Rick. So I apologize, but he is going to be the obvious starting back in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh uses their backs like an mf'er. We saw that production out of James Connor, mad production, especially his first year in Pittsburgh. Yep. And he's nothing in terms of talent in comparison to Najee. Agreed. Absolutely. This is this is silly that he's not being treated like like a top, you know, at least an RB1, if nothing else. Make him a low-end RB1 because he hasn't shown it yet. That's fine. Uh, in my mind, in Dynasty, he's one of, I don't know, the top five running backs that I would want to be taking right now. Like, I'll take him over guys that are close to the end of their shelf life who have proven it year after year, like, uh, I, maybe, I don't, I don't want to say Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara, but, you know, they're getting to that, over Zeke, I'll take so, him over okay, Zeke so, all day. So that's actually, so Kamara was the name in, that I wanted to bring up. Would you, in Dynasty, Najee over Cook? Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Kamara. I'll take Najee over Kamara. Uh, not overcooked. Not yet. overcooked. No. I, yeah. I would, Cook still I would got some solid years. I would sit in but... the same spot. So obviously, yeah. so, obviously, shoot, we could take Zeke's a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I'm so Cowboys blow. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I agree with you, Josh. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say in Kamara, too, with Drew Brees gone. And we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be either. So I. I'd almost go yeah. Najee there, too. I think I'm on the same page with you, Rick. Yeah, in Dynasty, get him in the first round and in redraft. Still treat him like he's no different than, uh, I don't know, Zeke or Aaron Jones or one of these guys who goes at the back of the first. It, he's no different. He's going to be a workhorse. He's going to play under Mike Tomlin. He's going to dominate. It's it's simple. He's crazy talented. He has everything going for him. Stop being dumb and take Najee when everyone else is deciding to sleep on him. Uh, but if you're one of the smart people listening to this podcast, don't right. draft him too early and let him fall. And you can maybe sneak sneak a good pick in the second round, too. If you know your league, for yes. sure. Know your yeah. league. Know, yeah, if you, exactly. Yes. Know people that you're drafting. And make sure they're right. listening to this pod, too. Hashtag DAS. Well, then, tweet at us. Then everyone <laughs> has all the information. Hashtag yeah. DAS. Just want to make that known. Make uh, sure they listen to it after your draft. Happens. Hit up those DMs. That's, we'll get back to yeah, you. That's, that's the a, way. That's, that is a promise. <laughs> we will get back to so you. Hit us up in those DMs. Uh, let's see. All right. Well, you guys got other uh, undervalued players you want to want to touch on? I can kind of transition over one for redraft purposes that I wanted to throw out there. I thought it might give a good discussion with us. Keep an eye on the battle because we don't know who's going to be the quarterback. But currently, Jameis Winston is being drafted with an ADP of the 223rd player overall. You can practically get him for free. Plug him into an offense with Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Adam Troutman. He could he could make it work there. I mean, he made it work in I Tampa like with Bruce, Aaron, Bruce, Arian, Bruce Arians. Be prepared for some pick sixes. I mean, he, had, he was a 30 for 30 <laughs> quarterback, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But... Since he's left Tampa Bay, he got LASIK eye surgery. So I think he's good good to go. He's going to cut those uh, interceptions in half. He finally got it. No, not really, but I think he's somebody you could uh, grab a little bit later on and redraft. Dynasty, no. 
<laughs> keep yeah, him not maybe for a super flex or yeah, way late if you be, need a backup quarterback. But you'd have to get him in a super flex type of a of a of a league for dynasty, yep. no question. But if you can snag Jameis late, I mean, even even with his thirty thirty season, he still put up over I believe it was over five thousand yards. Yep. So and and his fantasy numbers were phenomenal. Put him in there with Sean Payton. He's still he's got like you said he's got MT. He's got AK, and you know I can, I mean they're gonna whip the ball around, and I'm thinking that interception total will go down with it has Sean to go Payton. Down. Yeah, I mean that's because Bruce Arians Bruce Arians is cool with throwing picks. You, I mean we we know his offense. It's a whip it around type of an offense where Sean Payton. That's not the way he does it. He's more calculated. He's he's almost he's like a he's like a he's like a professor. He's like this is the way that I want to do it. Do it exactly this way. We do it this way. We win. <laughs> and Tampa didn't have Alvin Kamara in the backfield either. That's, they had <laughs> Ronald very, Jones, very so true. they didn't have anybody to hand the ball off to. So, so he can take a lot of load off of his back with handing the ball off to. Very yep. Uh, they had Pey- Peyton Barber back then. <laughs> oh good. oh yeah no stud. Was Mike <laughs> Allstott there too? He was. He was still there. Work well done. <laughs> <laughs> what about the muscle hamster, Doug Martin? Oh, there's Dougie a throwback. That's, that guy uh, has some like records for most fantasy points in a single game. Except I think Kamara just beat him like a year ago. But uh, he, he did have that one year with he did have that one or that one week. Yeah, he had a game off. that was like two eighty and four. Insane. Yeah, I played against Insane. him that week because some was, he got traded yeah. in our league, so I had to face him three times that year. And I'm pretty sure his combined uh-huh. yards and touchdowns that season were like four hundred yards and like eight touchdowns in the three weeks he played Amazing. me. Dick, incredible! What a douche. Hamsters hate you, Josh. I guess so. Uh, is that why? You, is uh, that why you guys have cats? That Just must be it. Yeah, keep the hamsters away. Exactly. Yep. All those fucking wild hamsters uh, <laughs> sneaking up to the third floor of a condo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. Uh, I want to touch on a uh, another undervalued player. Um, this is going to be, I think, a trend from me until I'm proven wrong. Uh, I will keep beating the drum for Cortland Sutton. The total disrespect for his talent is just ridiculous in terms of fantasy ADP right now. Uh, it's when when he was last healthy, he came off an 1,100-yard season with I think six touchdowns, and then the camp prior to last season, the reports at the time were saying that no one on Denver had an answer for Cortland Sutton. He could do whatever he wanted to their defense, and their defense isn't bad. And it's still, you know, it's still solid now. And we'll see what camp reports come out as he uh, recovers to full health and starts playing a lot. But uh, right now in, in redraft, he's going at, at pick 85 behind DJ Chark, Juju, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Claypool. I, yeah, I, person, I'd take him over all those guys in, in my mind. Uh, in, and in Dynasty, pick 51, that's better at least. But he's still behind Galladay, Chark, Ayuk, Juju, uh, the, the 32-year-old Julio. I, I don't know where exactly he'd fall in there, but I'd take him over at least most of those guys. I almost I, uh, I will say it almost threw up when I saw that he was behind Juju. It's Are insane. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The, ta- the talent level behind... I mean, Juju, he does... So Juju does get mad catches. 
only because yeah. Ben cannot throw the ball down fields and Juju just runs all these slants and gets a lot of balls. But look, if you look at that talent level, I, I, I feel like yeah. Sutton had to be just completely forgotten about because you know coming off that acl because his talent level is 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 way above some of these guys you know if you look if you look at this adp yeah i mean this is this he's, is this is kind of nuts to be honest yeah he's, he's got the improved qb situation with teddy bridgewater in town now he's got guys around him that can take the pressure off and in judy and fant and hamler i I just yeah, everyone is is using recency bias and forgetting that Cortland Sutton is a player when he's in reality a total alpha wide receiver who's being overlooked by And that that there. Denver wide receiver squad is really strong even without him. When you've got Judy, when you've got, you know, Tim Patrick who actually put up some decent numbers yeah, last year not as, a bad player. as serviceable for serviceable sure. Serviceable numbers mm-hmm. and and then obviously Noah Fant. So Throw KJ Hamler in the slot. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I think, it, yeah, like you said, Eric, it's just recency bias of him coming off of the ACL injury. People didn't really remember him much from last year, obviously, because he was out and then his awesome year that he had before. But I think, too, just with the QB situation, which is improved, but it is still Teddy Bridgewater. However, Teddy Bridgewater gave multiple receivers in Carolina great seasons last year. Yeah, he just supported into. supported three guys if you count all of Curtis Samuel's rushing touchdowns. <laughs> so I mean, I guess, I, I mean, I guess that, if we're gonna just give just give touchdowns away. Well, I mean, he he earned them his own way. So they just weren't all Teddy's uh, Teddy's doing. But uh, yeah, I, absolutely. I I just think that's dumb. Everyone go get Cortland Sutton because this is silly. Jail, uh, you got anyone you want to add to the undervalued category? So um, yeah, I. I don't know. I feel like I touched on a lot of a lot of the guys that I really wanted to. However, I did look at Trevor Lawrence and his ADP is at or he's the 16th ranked QB in terms of ADP. So that's behind guys. Is this redraft or dynasty? This, this would be redraft. Okay. He's he's behind Matt Ryan. He's behind Ryan Tannehill. And my biggest beef is that he's behind Jalen Hurts. The Eagles are going to be an absolute shit show. So Hurts is going to have to throw the ball. His main value, Jalen Hurts, his main value is on the ground. If they're down 14 after, after the first quarter and a half, you know, midway through the second... They're going to have to start whipping the ball around to try to make those points up. Why would he be behind Jalen Hurts? That's point number one. The second thing about Trevor Lawrence, and also pretty much on the same, you know, kind of with the same uh, headspace, Trevor Lawrence is going to be behind in a shitload of games, given that the True. Jags were the yeah. number one, had the number one pick. They do have, they do have a decent amount of talent, offensively and they've got some special you know they've got josh allen on defense but josh allen's pretty much the only guy that they've got on defense but they're still going to be behind in uh, in most of their games so they're going to be whipping it around we saw what blake bortles did 
back in 20 was it 2015 when he threw for like 4500 yards and you know just pretty much all garbage time numbers yep so always behind i'm thinking trevor lawrence a he's got i mean he's got the sweetest arm that the jags have ever had better arm than mark brunel who was probably their best qb before him what about Byron Leftwich? <laughs> yeah, hey, he wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the great Super Bowl that... champion Byron Leftwich. Call him please oh, for the Buccaneers. Oh, put some respect <laughs> on that name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so outside of Byron Leftwich then, uh Trevor <laughs> is is the most talented QB they've ever had. I think, I mean, they're going to be behind in a lot of games because they have no defense. They're going to be throwing the ball around. He's going to use his legs. He's going to put a lot of a lot of yards on the ground. I would rank him ahead of Matt Ryan, who does generally put up pretty good numbers, but I think Lawrence can outdo him because he has the threat on the ground. I would put him ahead of Joe Burrow. We don't know what he's going to do. In terms of, you know, I mean, he's got his knees going to be fully uh, fully recovered, but we don't know how he's going to, you know, they still don't have an offensive line. And again, I would put him ahead of Jalen Hurts. I would also consider him ahead of possibly Tom Brady. Possibly. I mean, we'll see how. Sure. We'll see. I mean, Arians is still going to want to whip the ball around but I wouldn't be completely shocked if Lawrence ended up at the end of the year over Brady. Yeah, I won't be shocked either. Uh, I, I don't think I would go quite as far as you with some of those other names you threw out there, but it really comes down to his rushing usage. That's that's my question mark. And if he does rush, then he will beat all of those guys. Oh, yeah. And if he doesn't run that much, like, I don't know, Herbert didn't run a ton last year like he did it early on, and then it kind of tapered off when he had to throw a ton and coming from behind games. If Lawrence has a season like that, then maybe he's behind Matt Ryan and certainly Ryan Tannehill and some of those I, guys. But not I, I, I agree on Hurts in a big way. I basically way. see Lawrence having a very, very similar year to Herbert's year last season. That's pretty much where I – but we'll see. I'm fine with the comp, except for the part where Herbert just broke all of the records last year, and it's it's not like records get broken every single year, so oh, I don't okay, want to assume record, that but, it'll but happen again. Baker, but Herbert just broke Baker's rookie touchdown record last year, so they kind I mean, they definitely can. Right, be it's broken. been like three years since Baker's rookie right, year. Right, but this is uh, and, and, and Yeah, I, I'm just saying... He's on the Jags. Let's find out. I'm not out saying that what he's. I'm not guaranteeing here. that he's gonna be a stud year one, and he's gonna put up mad numbers. Well, you just said he's gonna have a similar season to Justin. I Herbert. do think he could. Okay, could is a better word. I like that better. <laughs> Speaking of Herbert, he's one other person I wanted to bring up really quick. Dynasty ADP right now. He's being drafted in the back half of the eleventh round. Just insane. Setting Silly. rookie Justin records insane. last year. Setting rookie records last year has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Jared Cook coming in. He's being drafted Josh behind rookie. Josh Palmer. Yeah, He's being drafted behind 
in Dynasty, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Just <laughs> ridiculous. On. People, That's what are so you doing? Dumb. 11th round. Did you say Daniel End of the Jones? 11th. Daniel he did. fucking I need, Jones. I need, a, I need a trash bin. I need I need to vomit. <laughs> I don't see yeah. any. You I got that cactus any. behind you. Damn it. It's insane. I mean, if you can hold on and get him there, you just won your draft. It's it's insane where he's going. I yeah yeah. That's all I wanted to say. It just couldn't agree shocking. more. Yep, that is a uh, that's a huge oversight by everyone that did not watch Chargers games last year because the Chargers weren't ever on TV. Idiot. I get that part, but uh, I went out of my way to watch all the Chargers games in perfectly legal ways, and uh, <laughs> I, I, lo- I I loved watching. Herbert every single week. I, every time I felt so confident starting him in fantasy because I saw him on the field and I saw how dominant he was and he just doesn't screw up, which is what you want out of a quarterback. Well, we we all saw Herbert when in the Rose Bowl against the Badgers, right? I assume you guys both watched that game when mm-hmm. in in school and that was his best game of his career. And he if he would have played like that his entire career, he would have easily been the number one pick in that draft. But, you know, there's there's a lot of talk of Oregon really holding him back. If we knew... Well, they... So, so go, I, I guess we saw Burrow's rookie year. We saw Herbert's rookie year. Does Herbert go number one in hindsight? Or does Burrow yes. still... I would say the same. I would say Herbert easily goes number one in hindsight. And Burrow did yep. show a lot of flashes that he can be special. But yep. Herbert showed he absolutely 100% is special and is a franchise quarterback for the next you know decade and a half. Yeah. Just last week, uh, Drew Brees was hanging out at minicamp at the Chargers and... He said he's never seen a quarterback with the physical tools that Justin Herbert has. And when you pair that with his great decision-making from last season, which we have, you know, 15 games of tape on, there's just no way you can go wrong with Herbert. I look at Herbert as kind of like a... If you look at him, compare him and Josh Allen, Josh Allen has the size and more of an arm, but Herbert has a way more accurate arm and i think that herbert has a little bit better decision making so i mean i i, I mean josh allen yeah. is strong as hell i got great speed and 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 herbert does have the legs as well mm-hmm. so you know that they're they're yeah. they're gonna end up probably That's having a- pretty similar careers agreed yeah totally agree there uh, let's let's transition into overvalued players. I want to start with one that Jealous kind of gave us a bit of a segue to when you were just trashing on Hertz. Uh, I don't want to put Hertz directly in the category. What I want to do is say, right now, Miles Sanders is overrated. And that Hertz is someone who's had Miles Sanders for the last, well, his whole career. Uh, uh, the, the issue, well, there's a lot of issues. Uh, he's, he's been injured every single season that he's been playing. Uh, it, he's missed plenty of games and he's been questionable and barely playing in a bunch of others. Um, now he has uh, Kenny Gainwell as a new draft pick coming in. He still has Boston Scott out there and Carrion Johnson was signed this offseason too. So this is a crowded running back room on a shitty team with a quarterback who is probably not going to be able to move the ball besides with his own legs. 
normally ru- rushing quarterbacks are helpful to the rush to the to the running back production. We see that in places like uh, Arizona and Baltimore. They're good at it because their QBs can actually throw the ball at least some. Jalen Hurts so far has not proven that he can throw the ball at all, which spells really bad things for the running game because Jalen Hurts' legs will be the only thing keeping that offense afloat until he proves that he can pass at the NFL level. And I just, I'm not banking on that ever happening. So right now, Miles Sanders going as the 30th overall pick, the RB17, seems a little silly to me because he's probably going to be sitting in a committee where he has at best a 50%, maybe maybe 60 if we're pushing it market share in that running back room. And he's going to lose some of the passing work to their their new draft pick and Boston Scott. I I am not going to have Miles Sanders on any of my teams this year because there's no way he falls far enough that I'm okay with taking him. Yeah, he's somebody that is pretty much off of my draft board. I didn't like him last year. He, he struggled quite a bit, and he wasn't very good in the offense once Hurts took over. And, yeah, he's he's way overdrafted as well. He's That's ridiculous. He's RB17. You guys had to fucking – you you, I'm just – I'm 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 pissed off right now. You guys we had we had to do the, we had to record this right after we just sent in our our keepers for next for the next league, next league year, and I kept oh, yeah. Miles Sanders. <laughs> Dumbass. Banking on him as my RB2 and now I'm like Oops. shit, should I be questioning myself? My other option would have been keeping like Marvin Jones. So oh. I, I didn't. I'd take Miles Sanders over yeah. Marvin Jones. So, but Miles Sanders just for the hopes that he does turn it around. I mean, that's that's, yeah. that's where I sit. So say Jalen Hurts becomes great, suddenly Miles Sanders is in a good spot. But uh, if that's yeah. that's I, kind I, of the hope, and and then you, Rick, you just brought up Boston Scott, and he's strong, especially in the passing game. They just drafted yep. another passing uh, running back, so. I don't know. Miles Sanders what yeah. they 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 picked Miles Sanders in the second Kenny round. Kenny Gainwell? I, Kenny yeah, Kenny Gainwell. Dr. K. So they did they did <laughs> Special K. Special K. Uh they did I mean, I still think that they're going to try to use Miles as their primary back. I view him higher than I Where okay, so you guys just shit the bed all over him. Where would you put him and David Montgomery? I'll take Monty. I would too. God damn it. <laughs> David Montgomery is is not in a bad situation. No, he's still he's, gonna he's get. Out. I I just I I look at Montgomery and I see you know he's he's still in that a very very crowded running back room. What what was he last year? The RB six overall. RB six overall. RB four. Yeah. I thought, I thought depending on four. format. With Cohen out, in a but Matt Nagy said that he wants to give him even more work this year. So take that. Yeah, with I, a grain I, I of like salt. Monty Mac, in a Matt big Nagy's way this year. Also a tool, so. uh, fun fact: right now, Dave Montgomery is actually uh, behind Miles Sanders by six picks in ADP. So yeah, give me Monty all day, and Najee Harris is behind him too. Okay, this well that's idiotic. Take Najee over yeah. both. <laughs> over over both. Amen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Miles, yeah. Preach. Miles and and Monty. Big yep. time. All right, overvalued, Josh. What you got? Um, I'm gonna throw it to you guys. Do you want me to talk about a tight end quarterback or running back? 
Because I want to bring all three of these Why players up. Why don't we start QB? QB? I want to hear this. All right. So the quarterback I'm saying that is overdrafted right now, he struggled coming into the league with his decision-making and accuracy. And Jalen Hurts. had a huge, huge year last year. Josh oh. Allen going as oh. the QB2 in the third round of your draft right now for redraft purposes. Players going around him right now are Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Keenan Allen, uh, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Najee Harris, and David Montgomery. Get your running back and wide receiver depth and then do a quarterback late. We just talked about Justin Herbert going way late in your draft. You're going to have Aaron Rodgers to choose from, Tom Brady. This is all talking redraft right now but josh allen going in the third round and spending a third round pick on him is just insane skip over Mm -hmm. that stock up on your positions and grab a quarterback late in the draft well we we how do you feel about uh dynasty adp for for josh allen is it better there what do you think um i think it's probably a little bit better but i mean coming off of that year last year it's just boosted way up where i Right. It's I'd rather take my chances with a rookie quarterback or I mean shit for redraft purposes. I mean Kyler's going after him and I'd rather have Kyler. I wouldn't have, I, 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 I'd take I, Kyler I, in I Dynasty too. And Kyler in I Dynasty too. I completely disagree. You guys would rather have Kyler than Josh Allen in Dynasty? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Did you see his this not just last year but the year before? He also put up incredible numbers fantasy-wise. I think he's a good because, quarterback. Because the way that they, they use him on the ground, almost similar to the way that Baltimore uses Lamar on the ground. So you know you're, I mean, granted. Dynasty are spending a fifth-round pick on Josh Allen, FYI. Oh, that's not that's, so bad. So not too bad there for Dynasty, but redraft is just. Yeah, redraft is too high. Skip it. I sure. generally will just take the quarterback that is 6-6 and huge with a huge arm over somebody that's 5 foot 9 tiny and had one amazing play last year. You're right. I will also take Justin Herbert in the 10th round. God. I mean, <laughs> that's I'm, what I'm not, I just I'm heard you saying, say. I'm not saying that you should take Josh Allen. I I generally like my strategy generally is to kind of wait on QBs. Because I know, mm-hmm. you know, that especially if you know your league partners, a lot of people will take QBs way too damn early. And homer leagues, you're going to get guys taking people like Aaron Rodgers way like, too early. Like one Like our leagues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. If, you're, if we're in Wisconsin, like Rodgers very well could be 101 kind of a thing. Although maybe not anymore, but maybe last year. Now, yeah, we, we've educated our league just enough that they won't do that anymore. But I, I mean... <laughs> I can't believe you guys in Dynasty would take Kyler over Josh Allen. I, I can you can you spell that out for me? Because I see I see Josh Allen who K Y L E. God damn you! <laughs> it, in all seriousness, the height is is like the biggest thing that you're throwing out there, and Kyler has an incredible they touch. Have... He can throw the ball a mile. He can run. In a way that is, it's it's different than Lamar, but it is also Kyler incredible because his quick little feet can just scoot around anybody. Kyler was it, the number one quarterback Josh last Allen year until he got have hurt. Been the number one overall pick in that draft that he over over Baker. I'd like to turn back to what Josh just said. 
that Kyler Murray was the number one quarterback in the league going into like week 10 last year until he got hurt. And then he, yep. they took away his running aspect. That's, that's my whole point. That's why I bring, he got that's hurt? Why I bring up size. You can't help injuries. That's why you I can't. bring up size. No, that's yes, not. Yes, it is. No, that, that's why I brought that's not up the enough. size because Josh Allen that's is not six, six and a big dog. Kyler Murray is a, is, is, is a triple A shortstop. Size wise, <laughs> you're obviously gonna. Of course, he's gonna get hurt. Why would you? Re, why would you rather have a teeny tiny guy for a dynasty QB over a huge dude? Because Kyler's better at playing quarterback. If you take size out of the picture. Okay, so okay. You go ahead and do that. You go ahead and take Kyler, and he's gonna. And I, he's I gonna, missed my chance. Gonna, I got he's Herbert now. Play maybe twelve games every year, because he's gonna get hurt. Josh Allen is huge. That's why I brought that up. Because he's not injury prone. He's never been injured. He's been in the league for four three three years. years, And he's never been injured. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Kyler got injured. Yeah, good good for him. Kyler got injured with his shoulder. By the way, his throwing shoulder in in his or I believe it was week ten. That matters. That has to matter for Dynasty. Not enough. Yeah. How? How? What do you mean not enough? Because it's not actually true to say that Kyler's only going to play 12 games a year. He's going to have a lot of years in his career where he'll, where he'll play a full 17. Uh, people are saying the same totally shit fine. about Russell Wilson. Look at the career okay, he's but, had. But Russell, he's an inch taller. Inch taller. It doesn't, but they... We have, you just we, said height we, matters. We have... Now we we actually have injury history with Kyler. How does a how does how does a bum shoulder not matter to you guys over Josh uh, Allen who just put up insane numbers and he's never been injured and he's probably not going to. Let's change gears. Jealous? Who God. you got for an overvalued player? <laughs> I need to I need to read gear. I need to. I need All to right. In that it. case, I'll bring I'll bring something up in the meantime. Uh, I I just want to you know, PSA, stop drafting Cole Beasley anywhere at all. I don't know if if you two have uh, been aware of what he uh, voiced on Twitter this week. Yeah. Um, basically, his uh, public service announcement that you should steer clear of him if you're afraid of getting COVID because he will not get vaccinated because it won't let him live his life the way that he's supposed to live it. And that is just dumb and uneducated, and it doesn't make any sense because not getting vaccinated does not change your ability to live life more to the fullest. So he might be forced into retirement because he is uh, being this way, and you, you need to fill your fantasy team with players that you actually want to cheer for, and for that reason... In my opinion, get Cole Beasley off your team and get Antonio Brown off your team. As far as I'm concerned, Antonio Brown just shouldn't be on anyone's team in any league. I know that that's not the reality because he's going to put up enough fantasy numbers to warrant being on rosters. He's somebody but from a is very from a personal, yeah, yeah. From from a personal standpoint, I in our dynasty league right now, he's sitting on waivers, and I am not picking him up because I am not willing to put someone with horrible character on my fantasy team because I don't want to cheer for them on Sundays. So 
Do the same thing with Cole Beasley. Just don't even think about it. It's more relevant with Antonio Brown, but Cole Beasley is being even dumber than all of the shit that Antonio Brown's done. So stop it. All right, Jealous, you ready to give us an overrated player? <laughs> I, I, I've cooled off a little bit, took took a nice pack to the forehead. I'm Who going, threw it at you? I, 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 <laughs> I'm, at, I'm going to touch on somebody that was just moved. Hot name, Julio Jones. Julio. I am not in on Julio at all. I lo- Why? I, obviously, I love his talent, but we saw the way that... When Odell went to Cleveland, that didn't work out. We saw when T.O. went to Dallas, that didn't work out. Like, these big-time, huge, older-age, although, you know, older-age receivers, you know, into their 30s. This doesn't really work out too much. He's being drafted right now in, you know, as the wide receiver 15 but you know he's he's going he's going ahead of Amari Cooper who I don't love Amari Cooper but Amari seems to put up pretty good numbers steady numbers on a weekly basis on a yearly basis he's going ahead of CD again another cowboy he's going ahead of CD he's going ahead of Tyler Lockett who was a top 10 wide receiver last year so I, I, I guess I'm just not as hot on Julio. And again, he's changing teams, changing QBs. There's probably still some, or there's definitely still some COVID protocols. So do we know how much of a rapport he can gain with Ryan Tannehill? They're still going to feed the ball to Derrick Henry. It's a defensive based team, although their defense sucked last year, but they're still, you know, try to do, try to be a ground and pound strong defense kind of a team i'm not i i do i'm not a julio fan this year finally something we can agree on ellis oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no you pretty much nailed it with that i mean he i give Tannehill a little bit of a boost because i think julio is definitely an upgrade over Corey davis but can Tannehill support two wide receivers where they're being drafted at right now they're both being drafted in AJ AJ's going coming in second I mean, round, AJ's, late second, yeah. early third, and yep. Julio's right in the third, fourth round where you're going to have to spend up heavy on both those guys. And Corey Davis, yeah, he had a great season last year, but AJ Brown missed a lot of games, and those were a lot of games where Corey Davis was putting up a lot of numbers because he was the only receiver out on the field for Tannehill to throw to. So it's definitely not going to be your Julio of old when the high-flying Falcons offense and Julio Jones let's face it he's getting up there in age and he's been injury plagued the last few seasons too so he can't stay on the field I think last year he missed I don't know how many games he missed probably close to half the season I would imagine he seems to miss he seems to miss he just a significant yeah. amount of time every single year yep. and that's a lot of games missed for somebody being drafted in the fourth round if you're in a dynasty league uh, unless you are the team that is going to try to just draft all your veterans in re- year one and just go for gold immediately, which is not my style. But if that's your style, you are the person who should be taking Julio and everyone else should not be because there are quality receivers such as Cortland Sutton your sitting boy. behind him in ADP that uh, are going to be so much more valuable in your entire you know next dynasty decade that... Julio's going to get you, you know, 
he'll have he'll have good games for sure, and he might even put up a couple good seasons still. But he's two two three years away from thirty five years old. This is he's on his final stretch here, and we don't know when it's going to end for him. I don't know that it'll be this year, but it could be next. It could be right after that. In Dynasty, let him go unless you're that guy going for the win right now. Where do you guys see that touchdown the... total coming in at? I mean, he was not He was not a touchdown machine in Atlanta. Now he's got touch, Now he's got red zone competition with, with obviously with uh, King Henry and with AJ. So where do you – I mean – do you like if if I'm gonna, if, he, if I put the if I put the over under at four touchdowns, where would you guys where would you guys lean? I would lean the over just barely. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking five. five or six so if, is where I was leaning on it. Yeah, that that seems because that a, seems right AJ on. Brown when AJ Brown's healthy, he scores at least a touchdown every single game. Go back and look at last year when he was healthy, he scored a touchdown every week. Derrick Henry scores all the time. There's only so many touchdowns to go around. So it might end up being under five this year well, there for was Julio. That, there was that Just, one year yeah. where Julio had like 2,200 yards, and I believe he had like three touchdowns. It was three touchdowns that, that was year. That's when you had him and you got mm-hmm. screwed. So that that's my point. I mean, he's obviously capable of scoring touchdowns, but it seems like is he is he allergic to the paint in the end zone? I, I, I don't... Why is he str- why does he struggle so much there? So and and, and now he's got additional and now he's got additional you know targets that the Titans have to feed. And if you're in the middle of your dynasty league as far as like you're a couple years in and you have him on your team, I'd wait for that one big game that he has and then try and unload him, get him yep. get his stock up a little bit. You're going to have some league members that are probably scared to trade for him right now just with him switching over teams not sure how he's going to fit into that offense but as soon as he has a big game look for that team that's in win now mode and see if you can get at least a little bit of a haul for him especially in dynasty if you're well, yeah if you're able yeah. to flip oh, yeah. him dynasty. for some you know either a young anything because he doesn't pick. have many years left yep i yep. especially in big dynasty. time once you get a few weeks in just wait for the big game and then do it do it then. It doesn't have to be right before the deadline. Sometime in the six weeks leading up to the deadline, get him on a team that is already winning so that you can win the next three years after that. Uh, moving on from, from Julio, you guys got uh, other other overvalued players? Uh, yeah. I got one left. Josh, you got, got some. I got two left, so I'll throw one out, and then we'll hop yeah. back around, and then you can finish up with me. Um one that I think is being overdrafted right now in both redraft and dynasty is DeAndre Swift. He's going off the board right now as a running back 16, ADP of the 29th overall off the board. In dynasty leagues, he's being drafted in the back half of the first round. Other players being drafted right around him in redraft are Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Najee Harris. I mean, those all yep. those guys are ones that I would rather have over DeAndre Swift. You've got Jamal Williams there that's going to take some of the passing work away, some of the third down work. Lions are in full rebuild mode right now. You don't know who's going to be their quarterback after next season. Jared Goff's going to be there for right now. But he's just somebody that just scares me because you're investing a lot in him where you're going to have to draft him in order to – yeah. I, yep. I just, I, you, uh, I'm going to let, I'm gonna let took- Rick take this one. Yeah, you you took mine. That was who I had sitting oh, no. out there too. Uh, <laughs> then, no, uh, dynasty no. dynasty wise, two players that are going after him or, that I'd rather have 
We, I talked about Clyde Edwards-Zalaren redraft. He's going before Cam Akers, Justin Jefferson. Are you saying Calvin Swift is Ridley, going ahead of Cam Akers? And Jamar Chase. Correct. That's idiotic. Swift is going Jesus. ahead of all five of those guys. Just yeah. insane. Yeah, it, it is It is silly. The, the Lions haven't ruled out signing Todd Gurley either. They also just drafted Jamar Jefferson. I don't know that he's going to have a role immediately, but he's not a bad player either. The, this is not... This is this is kind of a crowded running back room on a shitty team with a mostly shitty defense, and I just do not see a world where he returns the draft capital that you have to spend on him right now. There is a 0% chance I will own DeAndre Swift this year at all. I guess I just think kind of like 100% differently than you guys. I mean, I would obviously take Cam Akers if it was between him and DeAndre Swift, but in in both dynasty and redraft but the reason that i think maybe i'm higher on swift than you than both of you i'm considering that coach and he is like an absolute alpha let's go get him put your you know put your bullhorns on and let's charge forward i want a real bell cow running back kind of a thing and i could could have a bell cow and you're down by 40 every game that's a, that's that's fair that's fair although we'll find swifty, out. Did, yeah, we'll swifty find out. did show that he can receive the ball the second half of last year yeah he's yeah, not a bad say, receiver not the, at all. not the first when he had that well, game winning touchdown he against bossed, the bears week one, right? Was, <laughs> that's right that's Woof. that's how that's how trubisky ended up three and oh because of that and then the and then they benched him the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, well, kissing titties. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be on his tombstone. But that's that's a uh, that's a hashtag. You guys can do hashtag kissing titties. Um, yeah, no, I, I I guess I'm higher on Swift than you guys because I think Dan Campbell is a an absolute nut job, and I think he would he would be the one that would drive a running back into the ground more than more than most other coaches and use swift as that bell cow in the passing game in the run game when they're down by 40 still use him so i'm higher on i i'm higher on him than you guys i would probably say i'm higher on I, i would if i if i were to pick between deandre swift and josh jacobs where would you guys sit? I'll I mean, take Swift. I would take Swift. I'd sit Jacobs. Okay. I figure those those two are pretty, you know. I mean, everybody was disappointed with Jacobs last year, and he finishes the RB, what, six, eight, somewhere in Which there. Which is insane. He just never had yeah. any any sort of, like, break, you know, super breakout game, games. Other than his three touchdowns. Where he would one. put up, you know, 30 points or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. just solid, 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 solid. And, but and don't get me wrong either. I like DeAndre Swift as a player. I just don't like where he's being drafted yeah. right now because there's so many other proven players that are being drafted at that spot that I would rather have to fill in my team than somebody that's very unproven and I don't I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at Swift at the RB16 hole. Is that the yep. am, so yeah. where would you so you've got I mean You've got Miles Sanders at seventeen. I would obviously take Swift. I I don't know. I mean, I would. I feel like he's he's rated exactly where he should be. 
from this ADP that we are looking at. Najee's looking, behind him. Yeah, yeah, Najee's behind him. I want Najee <laughs> over okay, Swift okay, all day. Fair. Uh, I, I think, all right, how about this one? Uh, David Montgomery or DeAndre Swift? Jell, I know your answer. Josh, what's your answer? Oh, man. That's that's tough. We talking dynasty or redraft? Let's start with redraft. Redraft, I'd probably have David Montgomery because I think the Bears' offense is going to be better and he's going to have more opportunities this year. Dynasty, I'd rather have DeAndre Swift. I wouldn't I w- totally I would agree. say that that shouldn't make much of a difference. I mean, these are both guys that are in their second well, – is, is Monty, is he in his third year? Monty's third year. And third Swift year. is bit in his second, so it yeah. shouldn't make that much of a difference. I mean – the, the difference to me is just that the Lions will get better. So Are you sure about time, that? Have you seen the Lions <laughs> in the last like, I'm not. Have you I'm seen their sure. new hat with the big L on it? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I forgot about decades the hat. decades since uh, they've done anything. I, I agree, but this is the beginning of a completely new rebuild, which means that, you know maybe they can get up to 8-8, eight and eight, and that is better than what they're going to do now. You, so give me Swift you know, in... They, they canned their coach that went nine and seven. Oh, that's right. They did do they that, didn't they? They canned their coach that Oops. went nine and seven, and then they dropped um, back to the Lions. Well, the yeah, Bears they, 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 fired Lovey Smith a... after a ten and six season. So dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in two years from now, I'm probably going to be more on the Swift uh, wagon over over some of these other guys we've been bringing up because I, I believe in the talent completely. Uh, it's just this isn't the year. Do you so think in two years is... there's going to be somebody other than Goff? I do. Yeah, 100%. Yep. There might be next year, but it might be Goff trains a guy for eight weeks before he gets replaced. Oop. And Goff's not even that bad, but they just need someone better. Um, let's see. Josh, you had another guy sitting yeah. in, the, did, in the ranks. Did Jell, did you have anybody else before I throw my last guy out there? Uh, I mean, I, I I pretty much touched on all my guys. I have, okay. I, the, the last guy that I really wanted to touch on was Melvin, but we got him in the... Uh, he was on my head. list, so I skipped yeah. over him Yep, because of that. The last one is a tight end that I wanted to talk about. He's going off the board right now as a tight end six. I'll run through some stats here, and then I'll Knock you on your socks with my last fact. Cole Komet, guarantee uh, it. Let's go. No, he's not tight end not, six. Come on. And he's not he's not overrated because nobody's drafting him. Right. So tight end six, this tight end is currently being drafted overall for redrafted the 79.7 spot. So in the ninth round of your draft. Dynasty, he's going at the 7.07 spot. He is Noah Fant of the Denver Broncos. And the reason why I think he's being overdrafted right now. Denver is not a prolific passing offense. You have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton there that we already touched on a little bit earlier on today. He's currently being drafted over other players in his area, not tight end-wise. Cortland Sutton, Debo Samuel, Travis Etienne, Will Fuller V, and Robbie Anderson. And the last stat I want to throw out is he is being drafted currently in redraft over Kyle Pitts. That's dumb. That can't be real. Okay, so he so is we need to, being overdrafted. If that's if that's the case, like oh, you're not kidding! Wow, I am vomiting. I'm throwing up. I'm that currently is throwing just up. Silly. <laughs> All right, so Kyle Pitts is undervalued. Let's start there. That's something we can quick say. Quick say, but Good I just think Lord. I'd like Noah Fant as a person. Wait, he's somebody that you? I would take a late round flyer on, but he's been he needs to move down in the draft. Yeah. He hasn't been healthy for very much of his career. I, I've owned him for the last couple of years in a in a couple of leagues, 
and he has not been startable much because he's always got some nagging injury that makes me say, well, I guess I'd rather start Dallas Goddard or Irv Smith or one of these other guys who is basically the same thing but more healthy than Noah Fant. Until he can string together a healthy season or show us that he can dominate a game, he has no business being at the tight end six because that is reserved for tight ends that actually produce on a weekly basis or have the ability to go for 100-plus yards in a game. That This is silly. I mean, Kyle Pitts should obviously be ranked way ahead of Noah Fant. This, I'm looking at Noah Fant as he's probably my receiver or my tight end, maybe like six or seven. Is that too high? If I if I if I go Kelsey Kittle Waller, Mark Andrews yep. Hawk sure. Pitts, yep. not necessarily in this order, I would right. have Pitts higher than that. But if I did those six, and then I throw Fant in there at seven, is that is that an appropriate spot to think about? You know, probably he's in a grouping of people that you could take your shot on. I think I that's the right spot him. for him. There's just a teardrop between those. Clear, first very, six yes, very clear, very clear. And uh, that's yeah, it, that just doesn't seem to be reflected. People still have the optimism that Fant can actually be healthy and dominate. When now he has too many guys around him that are better than him. Yeah, on and it's just if, if he had Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or somebody like that throwing the ball, sure. Tom Tom Brady, three, Tom Brady more than they a could Rogers. support. Yeah. But they could support three receivers or two wide receivers and a tight end. You've got Teddy Bridgewater in there that he's not going to be able to support all three. Now so to, you're going to be picking Teddy, and choosing. And Does Teddy B have any history of supporting these tight ends? I mean, no. in Minnesota with Kyle Rudolph, although I would, I would make the argument, you know, Kyle Rudolph we all knew was strong, but Rudolph really took off when, when Kirk came to – Minnesota, mm, yeah. at least numbers wise. Nope. Yeah. So in Carolina, he didn't really feed any tight so ends do, either. So Teddy doesn't mm-hmm. really seem to feed that tight end too much, even though he seems like a QB that would want. He to. doesn't have. He hasn't had a great one yet. So maybe you know, in theory, if yeah. Fant has I the mean, talent that everyone says, how Rudolph is a really solid tight end when he a, was younger. He was. I I I'm not saying that he was a he. I mean, I could make the argument he was between five and eight, number five and eight tight end in the league. Sure, that's fine. But I mean, and and so you know, he I guess he's he's gonna have basically the exact same guy with no offense between five and eight in the league. He's just more athletic. Fant is definitely more athletic than, yeah. than Rudolph. No, yeah. Rudolph the oh, red nosed yeah. reindeer. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to lead Santa sleigh. All right, well, I think that will uh, that'll do it for us here today. Covered our risers, fallers, overvalued, undervalued. Uh, next week we'll be getting into some some deep dives and other uh, other categories we want to put these players into. So you can can't wait to give out my sleeper picks. Yeah, sleeper picks. Yeah, all, all that good stuff. So you know uh, you know who to target in your drafts, who to who to let slide for someone else to fall into that trap. Uh, but uh, thanks for thanks for joining us today, and we'll uh, catch you on the next one.